Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast, downloaded over half a million times in over 145 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 219 of the Australian Hiker Podcast. And in this week's episode, we learn all about rail trails. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice so that each episode is available as soon as it's published. And if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. I recently had to reschedule a multi-day hike for logistical reasons, and after spending some time looking for a replacement trail, I decided to do one of Australia's many rail trails. These unique trails had long been on my list of trails to do, and now is the time to pick and choose. But what are rail trails, and why do many hikers not even think about them as an alternative to going bush? In this week's episode, we catch up with Damien Macron from Rail Trails Australia to find out what you've been missing if you don't consider these as part of your hiking adventures. So I'd like to welcome Damien Macron from Rail Trails Australia to the Australian Hiker Podcast. Damien, thank you for taking your time to talk with us. Oh, it's great, Tim. Nice to have this opportunity. Yeah. So, Damien, what's your role with Rail Trails Australia? Uh, I'm president of Rail Trails Australia, which is a voluntary, or predominantly voluntary organisation that's promoting their development and, more importantly, the use of rail trails all around Australia. Now, uh, what's your general background? Are you a, a hiker or a biker? Dan, what sort of use do you get out of the rail trails? Um, two things. I've always had an interest in railways and, and, and the development of Australia and cycling as well from early days just to, to get around town and go and look at railways. So, And I use them now for commuting and that sort of thing. Yeah, the, the bikes might come at it from a biking and railway history point of view. Um, but in, say, for instance, in our organisation, there's certainly lots of hikers involved as well. Okay, now... In a nutshell, what are rail trails? So rail trails are multi-purpose uh, paths for walking, bicycle riding and horse riding on former railways or besides active railways. Predominantly they're on former railways that have been you know, closed due to not being no, no useful anymore. Um, but there are some that are beside you know, active uh, tourist heritage railways or even mainline railways, commuter railways. And they've got the advantage of being former railways. The railways were built very um, for steam trains, so they had easy gradients and spectacular. And to keep those gradients, you know, quite often big cuttings or big embankments, so they're quite spectacular. So especially for cyclists, they're great because you don't have those steep gradients away you know, on the on the roads or other cycling tracks. And I guess that's an advantage for hikers too. It's a nice, easy walk. You don't have any steep ups and downs. 
I must admit, I'm looking at some of the images in the um, in the guidebook. There's there's some spectacular bridges infrastructure on some of these trails as well. Yes, yeah. Well, that's the other great thing about rail trails is they they keep that that heritage, and you know, bridges are one of the most obvious visible signs, and they're a real feature of rail trails. And quite often in towns, uh, in some other areas, there's the old stations as well, and rather than having them, you know. There was a bit of a concern before rail trails come along, you know, 25. They're only a recent phenomenon, really, uh, in the last 25 years. And, you know, they provide a reason to to keep that heritage, especially in the towns and the stations. And there's an increasing focus on revitalising the old railway precincts. And just recently, like literally a couple of weeks ago, on the Great Southern Rail Trail in, in, in Gippsland, West Gippsland, you know, the, the council announced... Uh, funding from the from themselves and the state government of several million dollars to revitalise some station precincts in Lee and Gather and Corumbara, and it's also happening in, say, South Australia, particularly, and other station areas. So, yeah, you've got the, those fantastic bridges, the station areas. So, there's a, a whole history of, of what's gone before. Now, is that a, is that a usual thing that they do try and maintain the infrastructure where it's safe to do and where it's it's practical to do? Definitely, yeah, that's a real part of the, the attraction of rail trails. And though bridges, yeah, bridges are a, a more of an issue, particularly wooden bridges because they cost an awful lot to repair, uh, to refurbish, and then there are an ongoing maintenance issue. So sometimes they'll go round bridges and you'll see that on some rail trails like the East Gippsland Rail Trail. Yeah, there's... <laughs> Some massive wooden bridges there, but they're just too expensive to make safe to pass over. So you actually go beside them, and that's probably a better way of actually seeing them sometimes. And another good example is the High Country Rail Trail from Wodonga up to to Shelley, where there's some you know super tall bridges, but you know the cost of refurbishing them is just too much. They have done some of them where you have to go over a river; you can't go around them. But where there's an opportunity to go around them, it's yeah, you get to stand back and see the you know the amazing work that you know people did literally by hand a hundred years ago. So yeah, and and then there's some other ones which you'll see on on the East Gippsland Rail Trail and High Country, the Great Victorian Rail Trail, many rail trails. You've got some of the more modern bridges which are also pretty spectacular. Uh, the one across Lake Hume is 660 metres long on the High Country Rail Trail. Looking at looking at the images, they, they, they there are some spectacular bits of infrastructure on some of these trails. Now, are there are there different types of trails? I mean, you know, is there a is there what you class as a standard rail trail, or they're all slightly different? Oh yeah, that's the amazing thing is that there's there's a more than a hundred um, over a hundred in Australia. Technically, I think we count one hundred and forty four. Just looking at our our sheet, just to sidetrack, you know, we have regional representatives, volunteers all over Australia that uh, communicate with all the, the, the groups and the managers of the rail trails, the friend groups. So some are, some are managed by the councils, some are managed by government, local government departments and some are managed by volunteers. So every rail trail is different in the way they're managed, literally, and then, yeah, the, the standard of the rail trail also varies. So some are super high quality with, you know, sealed bitumen or even asphalt surfaces. 
even concrete in places, whereas others are, are more emerging or deliberately low-key. With but, but then there's a step down to really nice gravel surfaces, then some are even lower, and they're more uh, for mountain bikes or horse riding or, or, or definitely for hiking. They're fine for hiking. So, yeah, you've got the whole... There's a whole range. And then obviously the lengths vary. You know, you've got some that are only a few kilometres long. And uh, the longest in Australia is the, the uh, Brisbane Valley Rail Trail, which is 160 kilometres long. That's a, that's so, a, yes. that's a decent Does that answer distance? your question? Does that answer? <laughs> no, There's no, a, whole, a whole huge range of rail trials. And, of course, the scenery they go through as well. Some are in urban landscapes. Some are very remote like the East Gippsland, very remote bushland, yeah. So you get the whole gamut. And by the sound of it, they're, they're, they spread reasonably well throughout the country. I'm, I'm guessing in some respects they'll probably be focused around the main population centres. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that, that's sort of true. They, I guess Victoria is the most developed rail trail state in, in uh, Australia and just New South Wales has only really one real rail trail just because of the, you know, they're almost unique in the world and there's slow development of rail trails. And then other states are also advanced. And most of them are, are branch lines, you know, the old branch lines that closed in the 70s and 80s. So you'll see a sort of like the, the railway still there, then there's spines coming off there. And some, some go through major regional centres and others are quite remote, like the High Country Rail Trail and even the Skipsplan Rail Trail. As you say, they're sort of spread where the population was originally and um, to service you know, all the farms and that were there. I know looking at some of the um, the, the news we, that I get from um, New South Wales government and other, other others in New South Wales, they've got a proposed rail trail not too far north of Canberra they've been I keep on seeing the news of it, you know it keeps on cropping up every so often, but yeah, I, I don't know what the, the 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 end date is, but it looks like it's a, a thirty to forty kilometer one they're proposing in the next few years. But yeah, that um, would be the Crookwell one. I that's the one. Yeah, 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 Goulburn, so. Crookwell. Yeah, and yeah, they've yeah. I don't know if you want to get into it in this interview, but uh, <laughs> there, um, yeah, there's it's a there's unique sorts of legislation and. and hurdles in New South Wales to getting rail trails developed, which is a shame because there's some enormous potential in, in uh, New South Wales. So the only real rail trail is the Tumbrumba to Rosewood Rail Trail near Wagga Wagga. As we were setting up this interview, you indicated that many people use these trails for walking. And now as yep. best as you can possibly uh, identify, what? how do people use the rail trails? What's the sort of have you got any indication whether it's walking, cycling, horse riding, or it's sort of an even sort of spread? Um, yeah, so we we do gather statistics from some rail trails uh, count users as a way of you know, justifying the expenditure on them and also to plan for maintenance and uh, provides data. A few of them actually can, some of the counters are smart enough to differentiate between walkers, riders and horse riders, like walkers, cyclists and horse riders, uh, but most of them can't. So my comments are more going to be anecdotal and generally the biggest users of rail trails by number are walkers, but they're mostly local people, which is fantastic. That's what we love, mostly just local people being walking 
for recreation, you know, in their towns, shorter, shorter distances, um, you know, just going for a walk, um, getting exercise, particularly during lockdown, you know, during the COVID lockdowns, yeah. they've seen a huge increase, walking their dog, walking to school and that sort of thing. Then the biggest users, and that's what was, they quite often in towns, the quality of the trail will be higher to allow the whole community to use, you know, to use the rail trail, even the uh, mobility scooters, that sort of thing. But the biggest users of rail trails between towns are touring, and that's where the the dollars are sort of seen. Is the cyclists because they're you know they're a safe off road way of of seeing the countryside. Yep. Um, and then horses on some rail trails are quite big users. The Brisbane Valley Rail Trail has a lot of horse riders on there, you know, doing multi-day rides. But we are seeing an increased number of, of hikers using rail trails. And, you know, what might only be a day on a bike can be a wonderful three or four-day hike on, on, a, on a rail trail and, you know, stopping at the towns along the way. And we've had quite a few articles in our magazine in the last year, a couple of years, from hiking groups that do multi-day trips. You know, one was on the Brisbane Valley Rail Trail. Uh, a couple, I think early this year we had one which was on the Murrayton Mountains from Beechworth to Bright in, in, in northeast Victoria in the Alpine country. And that was sponsored from a mental health point of view. And it was walking for mental... I forget the actual term, but walking for mental health. So... That was fantastic, and it was all organised. There was accommodation along the way, support vehicles, but there are you know private groups uh, doing lots of walks as well and staying and enjoying the accommodation along the way. Now, I was going to say, and that and that sort of leads into. I mean, in some respects, we've already talked about it. Um, you know, you're saying a lot of locals will use the rail trails wherever they happen to be. Um, is it mainly the urban rail trails that are getting the use, and uh, the the longer trails tend to be really the locals in that city or are people starting to discover uh, from further afield that there are rail trails they can access? It's a combination of both. Like on absolute numbers, again, obviously the rail trails closest to big population centres are the most well used because there's a bigger local population and, and they're closer for visitors to get to. So we have figures, you know, the, the Warburton, Lilydale to Warburton Rail Trail, which is on the outskirts of Melbourne, um, and, you know, this, it ends at where the electric train stops, um, and it wanders up for 40 kilometres up to Warburton in, you know, in the mountains with valleys, very picturesque, lots of little towns along the way. That, that gets over a quarter million people a year using that one because it's close to, you know, it's on the edge of Melbourne and you've got ticks all the boxes basically and then as you get further away yeah the the you know the, uh, the use drops off but what we find for walking is that you know the locals it's consistent through every town that locals love using rail trails it's a health thing uh, mentally and physically and also for you know the kids getting to school etc yeah, that's that's how they've used basically. Uh, all, right, all right. Now, yeah. what do you have a favourite rail trail and why? Oh, <laughs> I better be careful what I say here. Yeah, um, I yeah, I guess there's some you know where I've lived when I grew up. I guess there's some I, I do like some, but I, I guess I can't say there's a favourite favourite because 
there's all different aspects. There's the scenery along, you know, some will have scenery, some will have facilities. So I, I, I better not say I have a total favourite favourite, but I guess one to stick out is the High Country Rail Trail because I grew up in that area and was involved from you know, many decades ago. And there's also some spectacular scenery. But there's other ones that have the marvellous facilities along the way. And I guess the same recent one, my favourite one this year, so to speak, is a new section of the Great Southern Rail Trail, which I mentioned down in Gippsland, South yep. Gippsland. Again, fantastic scenery from Nyora up to Coranborough and Leangatha. And, yeah, it just winds through the mountain, you know, not the mountains, but the hills and because the trains, again, couldn't just go over a hill like cars do. Yeah. So it winds up this valley right away from the highway in wonderful scenery. And I, I guess it also means something to me because I actually rode the trains when I was in, you know, in my college years because that was only closed in the 1990s, that one. Yeah. And actually, so you, you can still visualise some of the history and, Again, the stations, there's some fantastic stations that are going to be developed there, lots of bridges, so and and, and the communities along the way, you know, great little towns like at Lock and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's that's my favourite this year, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, it's a, it's a bit like that. It's uh, yeah, if you're if you're yeah, focusing next one next year, and next year the uh, the north, there will be another rail trail opening in uh, New South Wales, hopefully at the end of this year. But they've had some shocking floods, you know, up at up at Mwilumbara and that sort of area, you know, Byron Bay. So, but that's going to be absolutely fabulous as well. It's a wonderful scenery, three tunnels just in twenty kilometres. 15, 16 bridges, you know, wonderful scenery again away from the highway and freeways. So I think that'll be my next favourite next year, basically. <laughs> yeah. uh, tell us a bit about that Rail Trails Australia. What sort of services do they provide? Yeah, so we're, as I mentioned at the start, we're a voluntary organisation that um, predominantly voluntary. Um, we have one part-time app in person. But we, yeah, we've been involved in promoting the development and the use of rail trails since about 1996. So what's that, 26 years now? And originally, you know, nobody knew what they were 26 years ago. You know, what, what the hell is a rail trail? And um, it's, it's repurposing of those disused, abandoned eyesores and into wonderful community facilities. So all the rail trails, almost every rail trail has not been driven from the state or federal government they've been driven by the local community and they said well we want to you know we've heard about these rail trials we want to do something for our community and have this wonderful asset so it's a hard work um, for them everything takes a long long time so we we provided the information and examples to them and, and, and documentation and support to help all those and all those local groups who then, you know, get the state government involved, get the council, local government involved, and you've got to bring all those people along. And there was a lot of opposition as well. You know, a lot of people were opposed. You know, what anything new is concerning. And particularly adjacent landholders in regional rural areas, you know, they didn't want people walking through their, you know, what they regarded as their property, even though it is public land, of course, but they sort of viewed it as their property because it, it, 
they're quite often on both sides of the old railway corridor. Yeah. So we support we support a lot of that. And along the way, once you we got some developed, then you had to encourage their use, you know, to to show they are successful. So in the old days, before the internet, we produced guidebooks, which was the only way, and we've sold, you know, before the internet, you know, twenty or thirty thousand guidebooks, which indicates how popular they are. And and obviously now we have our website is the main means of communication to supporters to provide information about you know where to, to ride a rail walk ride horse ride a rail trail and and increasingly trying to get the services to to support people using rail trails and we still do guidebooks as well so yeah we we have I think 20 regional reps around Australia communicating with the, the rail trail managers some rail trails have friends groups which is really great so the local government does the the essentials of keeping the rail trail in good condition and maintained, but then friends groups do other things like revegetation of the corridors is a really big thing for a lot of people, and you'll see that on when you go out in a rail trail, or you might notice. But yeah, there's been a lot of revegetation to bring back native bushland, and then they'll also pl- put in rest stops like uh, seats, shelters, except, and you'll see that on the East Gippsland Rail Trail as well. Yeah. So we're we're yeah we're sort of the peak body bringing all those people together and, and communicating and we have social media as well of course these days. All right, no, that's that's good. It sounds like a it, it sounds like you do a great service and um and and as you say I, for me I uh, uh, I've been aware of rail trails for a number of years and they're on my list of things to do um, and you know, just. Uh, uh, it's just just a convenient timing and a convenient bringing together that uh, right. uh, that's what I will be doing over the, the coming sure weeks. You, uh, I'm sure you'll love it. And then, yeah, as you know, you've got as as once you get this one, you get hooked on it. You'll have heaps more to do <laughs> coming up. And yeah, you know, there's there's over a thousand kilometres of rail trail in Victoria, and that's um, increasing in the other states too, and particularly Queensland. You know, they're going to have four or five hundred kilometres open hopefully next year or two. So I was going to say, so what would you say to keen bushwalkers considering these unique trails as an altern- as an alternative to going bush? Uh, they're, I, they're obviously different. They're far, they're, you know, as I said, the rail trails typically are, are well maintained and they have a nice smooth surface. So they're not, yeah, 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 and there's, three or four metres wide, so you, you definitely feel, you know, on a sort of road, so to speak, a railroad, former railroad. Yep. So not the same close, intimate thing as a, as a hike in the bush, but there's still, as I said, there's a lot of red vegetation and, you know, a lot of shade being grown on rail trails now. They're not just bare paddocks like they used to be, and some do go through bushland and native uh, nat- National forest or state forest as well, but they give you a different experience, I guess. And you've got as as we discussed, there's the, the history. You know, this is not just a a walk just because it's a nice area. This was vital to opening up and you know the community and the, the state or the, or the the country and provided an essential means of communication. 
and transport for people, you know, in up even up to 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. Um, you know, that's the only way they could travel and, and transport, get all the transport in, all the goods in and get them out. And they're a great way, you know, you, you, you would stage, people stage their hikes, you know, depending on the towns and how far they can get each day, which you would know, of course. But um, you can get to experience, you know, the local, every town is different and you actually get to, to enjoy the towns. You also see uh, quite often farming operations and how, you know, where all our our produce comes from. So, yeah, there is, it's a different idea, but it really gets you perhaps in more involved in what's going on in, in the community in, in regional Australia. And there's also the urban rail trails as well. You know, there's some that are quite long. There's certainly great potential there and they're a safe off, off-road, off generally quiet way of, of experiencing the countryside. Uh, that's great. So we've been talking with Damien McCrown from Rail Trails Australia. Damien, thank you for taking your time to talk to Australian Hiker. No problem, Tim. Great to be able to talk with you about it. All right, so that was an introduction to rail trails. And from my perspective, this had been something on my list of things to review and things to walk at some stage in the the undetermined future. And uh, for me, I'll talk about it in a minute, there's a very specific reason for bringing this uh, to everyone's attention now. Um, But just going back over the episode and talking to Damien, I think a lot of people are aware of the, the term rail trail. They may have heard of it, but they probably don't really know what it is and, and what they do. So, you know, put simply from Damien's perspective, really it's just um, you're walking along old railway infrastructure, in most cases, uh, either where they've removed the rails and the, the corridors are still there, uh, or potentially you're even still walking down trails that still have the, the, the occasional steam locomotive, and I think a lot of Australians are used to seeing the historic stream trains that occasionally hit the rail tracks. Uh, or, as Damien said, sometimes it's still uh, actively used rail corridors and you're not obviously not walking down the middle of the tracks. <laughs> that's uh, handy. That's <laughs> handy, yeah. But you are walking uh, close by them. And I think you know, it, it's, it's interesting listening to what he was saying. I mean, I must admit I didn't have a picture. You know, I had a picture of walking down old disused rail tracks and I've actually done that on the Bibbulmun track, in fact, uh, and even the, on uh, uh, the uh, human hovel. You know, there's old sections of track you, ha- you tend to use here and there, disused track. Um, but from what he was saying is particularly the tracks that have been decommissioned uh, and that um, uh, ha- are no longer in use were ones that were made for steam locomotives, uh, and they've obviously got a maximum gradient. So... Uh, in a lot of cases, these are trails or tracks that aren't overly steep and don't go up the top of steep mountains. You know, they they do have uh, a lot of switchbacks. They do have situations where they've put in big cuttings or bridges. So they're a, a, a relatively gentle gradient in most cases. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because um, I, I haven't done a lot of uh, walking along um, rail corridors I guess and um, you know I've got a picture in my mind I have done a a few short ones around Rutherglen 
you know, it does add another dimension and, you know, um, that interest in trains uh, probably helps. But I think it's also a much uh, more diverse way of doing some hiking because, you know, the the rail um, corridors go in and out of small towns and so you get to see a little bit more of uh, life in rural Australia um, as well as the bush. What surprised me was I really had no concept about how many rail trails there were in Australia. I just imagined they were everywhere. And Damien's saying there's approximately 144 trails with a fair number of those in Victoria. So That's what, quite a few. Yeah, it is quite a few. And yeah, and there, and there are some of them. I, I bought the guidebook and I bought the online guidebook. With Did you my, get the T-shirt though? I didn't get the T-shirt, no, <laughs> or, or the coffee mug. Um, but... Uh, I found that uh, yeah, it surprised me, and, yeah, and these trails vary as as I think Damien was saying from memory. The longest one was about one hundred and sixty odd kilometres. The shortest ones might only be a couple of hundred metres long, and that's about it. Yeah, there is a variety of trails that are there, and unless you're a real purist, these are just another possibility as far as a walking track is concerned, and they give people an option to go through and do trails uh, that you may not have actually thought of. And presumably, you know, if you're not necessarily into the overnight camping, um, you know, you've probably got a few more accommodation options as as well, maybe at the beginning, maybe at the end. Um, so it does add a bit of diversity, I think, to uh, the hiking you might do. Now, my main focus for discussing rail trails now, I was supposed to be finishing off the human hobble track in late May, early June, and I had time booked off. I've got time off work. I've, I've got a fixed period that I can actually go. And the section of trail that I was planning on doing uh, is being – it's under repair at the moment – uh, and that was going to create logistical problems for me that you know, if I had have waited another month or so, which is looking like what the case is now, um, I would have done that. So I went looking for a different option or and, and try and find what was accessible and what was available in that sort of uh, four to five days sort of category that didn't require huge logistics to get to and from the site. So for me, uh, I have decided in the next uh, week or so uh, that I'll be doing one of the rail trails. And in fact, I'm actually doing the East Gippsland Rail Trail in Victoria, and obviously in East Gippsland. And that's going to be approximately just on 100 kilometres in length. So our next episode, episode 220, we're going to be providing an introduction to my trip, uh, talking about my expectations and going into a bit more detail about logistics and how I've planned out what I'm going to be doing. So we hope you've enjoyed this introduction to rail trails. Uh, this, as I said, is a uh, the first in a series of four. So if you listen through next week to our next episode and the two episodes after that will take you through my trip as it happens as well as uh, the, the post-trip uh, review of how I thought it went. That's all for this week. Bye for now. And bye from me.